What's up, everybody? It's Jerron, and we have, of course, Stefan, a.k.a. Mayhem, a.k.a. Mr. Paper Stacks, a.k.a. I probably ain't got no money. <laughs> we need a budget. <laughs> Definitely on a budget. All right, so it's your favorite fat boys. Once again. Today we're going to talk about, let's call it health and wellness. So we got a couple of things that we want to discuss. We want to talk about Dr. Sebi because there's been a lot of news circulating in the air about him recently because of uh, a certain incident that we're going to actually touch on today. We're going to talk about vaccinations because all of this ties into health. We're going to talk about Nipsey Hussle, is his name? Yeah, Nipsey Hussle, the rapper that uh, passed away recently um, back on, I think, was it March 31st, like the last Sunday in March? Um, you know, due to gun violence, we're going to touch on that a little bit as well. Yeah, so we're going to tie all of these things together. And see how perception changes and how people can sell you dreams that without actually showing you that those dreams could actually be fulfilled uh, fulfilled. So So uh, first off, want to say you know thank you to everybody that has uh, watched us to our podcast. Uh, my first episode, uh, we've had uh, over 100 views on the YouTube page. We have so far uh, 20 subscribers, and I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that watched, subscribed. I really do appreciate it. Um, like I told Stefan, I didn't have any expectations, any goals set as far as like views. Um, I just wanted to put it out there and just see what happens. So um, I, I'm just appreciative of you know over 100. Like I didn't even think we would get no more than 25 to be honest with you. So to have over 100 views. Uh, I was more than ecstatic to even learn that and see it, you know, rising and keep going. So a couple updates. Um, we have a logo now, uh, which was done by Stefan. Uh, I love it. Hope y'all like it as well. You can see it on the YouTube page. I put on. I'm also gonna put on my Instagram when I post a clip of the, uh, this episode as well. Um, it's on our SoundCloud page as well as Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify now. Yep. And so you can. You know, follow me on your favorite fat boy Instagram, and the links will be there for you to see you, the YouTube visual, where you can check me and stuff on out, see our handsome faces. I'm beautiful, uh, very much so. You know, uh, you know, you see my outfits and everything. You know, you see my little hoodie, my hat. Can I put my shoe up here. You want to see my shoes? I mean, if you want to put your shoe on my table, you want my shoe. You want my shoes? Yeah, I'll take it off my okay. table. Thank All you right. very much. If you want to see my outfits, I'll be dressing. You know, I got that drip, as the kids say. Oh, that's sad. What's, what's, what's that? I don't even know what that means. That's, I guess that's I don't know what it meant either. When the kid said to me, I thought I, spilled, I had something on the back of my shoe, like toilet paper. Like, you got that drip. Like, huh? So <laughs> That sounds like a disease you should consult a doctor for. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you want to check us out. The visual's there. And what else? So, real quick, I wanted to um, shed light on a couple of things that inspired me. Um, to start the podcast, so I wanted to do a little quick little uh, segment to show love and to mention uh, four people that uh, you know have you know started their own thing and followed their dreams and made something out of made nothing out of something. So, well, one person something out of nothing. What's what I say? You said nothing out of something. What would you say? Something out of nothing. That's the right way. Yes. So something out of nothing. Sorry. Thank you for the correction. So, 
So it's first up is um, a friend of mine named Kendra Woolridge. Um, that's a very prestigious name. I, I like that name. It has a good ring to it. Yeah, sounds a little preppy. Yeah, so she, she's a, she's a, she's good people's. Um, it's better it's better than Daquan Montgomery. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, you already know he's a criminal. <laughs> Daquan, he got a mistake. He got he got charged. It's fire though. <laughs> it, it might got a hot beat on there. It might. So, but I, I, I like the, the the she has a good ring to her name. But she's good people's. I've known her for uh, quite a while through mutual friends. Um, she has her own uh, nail polish coming out. It's gonna come out in um, the spring between the spring and summer, and the it's called Janet and Joe. Is the name of her nail polish. It's named after her grandmothers, and the nail polish is cruelty free. It is seven free, which in a nutshell is is free of seven chemicals that are typically found in nail polish uh, that are that can be harmful to you know the people who wear you know the nail polish, and it's also vegan friendly. So I didn't know I didn't know nail polish could be vegan friendly, but I thought it was very neat that she you know she can come out a product that I think appeals to you know all all the masses. And you got to do that marketing, <laughs> right? So you know um, the official release. You can follow her at Janet and Joe on Instagram, and I'll be supporting and buying. No handouts over here, unless you want to give me a kidney. Not you, Kendra, but anybody wants to donate. I mean, but if she wanted to give you a kidney. I take it, but I, I I'm not expecting it. So, but you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you know support your friends, support black businesses. I'm trying to get better at supporting black businesses. So, um, I'm very excited to see her launch that. Typically, what I see on Instagram and Facebook is people are you know promoting that they sell dinners, um, they are selling their own clothing brands, which isn't a bad thing. But it's like as I see that a lot. So when I saw her coming out on Nepos, like, oh, this is a great idea. Like, it's so much so far out the box. I would never think of starting something like that. So I want to applaud her and, and, you know, seeing her, you know, start her company, it, 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 it inspires me to like, oh, I, I want to do something. Not necessarily lines like that, but I'm going to get my own vision out. Oh, you don't have your own nail polish coming out? Nah, I, I bite my nails. I'm trying not to bite my nails as much. So, but if you come out with a... Uh, a palace for where a clear palace so I can stop biting my nails. I pay top dollar for that right now. Oh, well, I bite my nails and I don't have a problem with it, so I won't. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad habit. I'm just trying to, you know, curb my bad habits these days. So, but again, it's called uh, Janet and Joe. And I want that one to do shout out Kendra is that I know you're a big Packers fan. I'll let you know Packers will not win a Super Bowl anytime soon. They are rebuilding. Yeah, they got Aaron Rodgers, but he needs some help. So I think that's how they win is if I get a new kidney. So just putting out there, the reason why, because I bet Kendra a long time ago that uh, the Packers game, I, I made like $20, $40 better. I lost. So it's just a little, little, oh, okay. little, little jab back because I lost the bet so many years ago. So, But number love. Thank you again, Kendra, for the inspiration. Um, another person I have is uh, Anaya White. As someone I used to work with back in 2012, I used to bartend at the casino out here in Man Alive. And she has her own interior design company called Inea White Interiors. Uh, the great thing I love about uh, watching Inea is that she's showing you her uh, her everyday hustle and bustle in New York City. That's where the company's located in New York City. So she's traveling, you know, between New York, Uptown, Manhattan, Queens. You know the th the five boroughs, you know, and making it happen. Like she's 
she's recording her day when she's walking, uh, on a train ride, she's on Uber. Um, you know, you see her, you know, her everyday, every every step of the process of her getting her um, her clients' uh, deeds done. And she's showing you, you know, going and picking the materials, digging fabrics, you know, showing you, you know, how to make, uh, you know, like a living room or a room, you know, look very high end, but make it affordable as well. And she's always someone, she's, she's been someone who's, uh, you know, upbeat, positive, always smiling. And, you know, she even if she's like running behind or like she hasn't eaten, she's like, she can't wait to eat. And what she finally does is like, oh, she finally ate good because I know you were doing so much to get to this meal. So I just love her positivity. It's infectious. She's very encouraging. And I love to see her, you know, do her thing on, you know, as she, you know, builds her company up. So you can find her at Enea, that's spelled E-N-E-I-A, white, like the color, interiors. If you can't spell interiors, I can't help you. And she's on Instagram. And then we'll also tag uh, Kendra and Ned on this uh, video as well so that, you know, y'all can follow and check out their pages too. And uh, next, um, I have a friend of mine named Larry Williams Jr. Larry is an author, and here is his book called how do you say it again? Ignomatic. In Ignomatic Gemini. I'm mean, I, I was butchering the word earlier, so that's why I needed help. So it's a it's a book. Uh, it's a collection of short stories, poems, and letters about life written from the perspective of a Gemini. He's a Gemini, as you, if you can't tell. And um, I wanted to highlight Larry because he's an author. Uh, he's a podcaster as well, and. He's a traveler. He travels a lot. He's been to Africa. He's been to London, just to name a few places. But he's been outside the country several times. And one thing that drew, drew me to Larry is that he was like, he was always like looking for like his next adventure. He was someone who's like, I'm gonna go here, and he would do it. I'm gonna go here next, and he would do it. He always he would be at work and always like looking up cheap flights. If you he was somebody, and he would it would it would trickle to where he would help other people um, look up cheap flights to go out of town or you know. Uh, go out of country, things like that. He would always help somebody find something that was cheap and reliable instead of paying, no, excuse me, hundreds and hundreds of dollars um, for an expensive flight. So, you know, him being also a podcaster, I was like, okay, you know, somebody I can, you know, probably bounce ideas off of and, and you know, and get a different perspective of how to, you know, approach the podcast as well. Um, he has a podcast called Amorix. I know I'm saying that right. He look at look at that. I can't pronounce nothing today, right there. I'm a remix. Yeah, I'm a remix. So that's a podcast dedicated to like everything comic book related, every superhero movie related, and he has an episode right now. It, so it, it was about what to expect from the Avengers Endgame, like that, like different theories coming up and things like that. Who who will die? Who's gonna survive? That kind of a thing. It was a good episode, but we won't get into that because we got, we had a whole another episode dedicated to right. And I don't like spoilers. Right, so we're going to get into that. And he has another podcast coming up called The Listening. So The Listening is that is is based on it's him, his co-host, and a guest where they talk about any, any and every topic they want to talk about. And, you know, they kind of get out every emotion they have and just kind of just hash it out. So I think that's really good, especially with this day and age. We talk, a lot of people are talking about, you know, mental health and 
know, those things that come with it. So mental health is important, people. It is. Talk things out. Talk about it with somebody. So I think to have that as an outlet, I think it's very good. And I can't wait to see, uh, you know, that to come out as well. So thank you, Larry. Go Spurs. And lastly is uh, my homie, Marvin Mitchell. We used to work together as well at the casino. We had a lot of fun together. He's, he's a funny dude. Uh, we had so much fun just like just making jokes and having a good time at work. So Marvin is an aspiring musician and an actor. He has a mixtape out on Dat Piff called You Deserve This. And it's, it's pretty good. It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's something I can bop to. It's not... Uh, it's not it's not what's out right now, like you know that uh, that mumble mumble rap, nothing like that. So, right. and he definitely put effort into it, and it it, it wasn't uh, like oh I'm dreading this, like I don't know if it's gonna be good or not. Like, it's actually a good solid piece of work, and I definitely applaud you, Marvin. Like it's it's good. He's also um, an actor. He's been on uh, the Fox shows Star. You probably never. No, I've never heard of that. So it's some Lee Daniels show. Okay. But it's like so come on, kind of like the Empire. So like spin off of that, um, and he's been on The Gifted. I think he's on season two. Okay. So he 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 he's been the extra on both. I'm not knocking it or trying you know trying to downplay it because I remember. Been an extra to start. Yeah. So I know we used to work together. He said he wanted to be an actor. So even though we haven't we haven't worked together in a long time. He moved to Atlanta, and he's you know pursuing that dream, especially with the music being this music scene nowadays down in Atlanta. Um, oh, the filming scene is really big in Georgia right now. Yeah, so you know he's following his he's following his dream. He said he's going to do it, and he did it. So seeing him do that, it gives me you know desperation to try uh, what I want to try, and you know get my name out there and just you know pursue different things. So thank you to Kendra, thank you to Anaya, thank you Larry. And thank you, Marv, um, for the inspiration. So um, my goal with the podcast is to eventually, you know, build up an audience and to have these people on here that I can, you know, have a conversation with and, you know, pit their mind about, you know, Larry has a book, ask him about the book he has in the podcast, um, Manea with her uh, interior design company, and Kendra with her nail polish. And, you know, with Marv, you know, catch up and, you know, uh, you know, ask them how the process is with being an actor and, and also being a musician as well. So, you know, like I said, y'all y'all like it, share it, so we get those we get these views up, and that way we can have more people. We can have people on. I said you you gonna enjoy us, of course, but um, that's that's the vision I have. I want to bring people on so we can bring you know different perspectives here and different topics to the podcast. Are you done giving shout-outs? Yeah, I'm done giving shout-outs. All right, so we're going to get right into it. So the first thing we want to talk about is a topic that's close to my heart because I have encountered so many individuals who believe so highly in what this man uh, used to preach, and that's uh, Dr. Sebi and his uh, cure for all things. Right. So I was surprised that uh, you brought this topic up to want to discuss it what made you want to discuss Dr. Seven? so I've heard his name uh like on the internet here and there and when I first heard it was uh Nipsey Hussle saying that he cured AIDS and he had a case in New York and he beat the case and then I've heard other rumblings of people saying oh yeah he he's 
he cured this. You, should, you know, you tried that. It would cure you of illnesses. And I was like, hmm, if he can cure it, then why was this like known long ago when it first, you know, populated? And then I started doing some research and he, he didn't, he didn't necessarily, he didn't cure AIDS. He didn't cure any disease. Um, Not verifiably. Right. So he was putting ads out in the New York paper or it was New York Times. He put ads out saying that for $500 and whatever amount for depending on the disease, I can, he can cure it. And then he was, he was uh, brought to trial or brought to court to prove it. And he had one case, and I think, I don't know, it was dismissed, but it was like, okay, that was, it must have been dismissed because he wasn't like found guilty. He didn't raise necessarily beat anything. And then he went to the Supreme Court in Brooklyn, and that's when they brought on um, his, his, uh, with the witness, like over 70 witnesses. You know, saying like, "Hey, you know, did he cure? Did he cure your disease?" And they were like, "Well, I feel better." Yeah, so that that's the the second case. The first case, he actually lost, where he was claiming that he can cure diseases. He lost that case, and he had to stop saying that he can cure things because he had absolutely no medical proof. So a lot of things that people get uh, mixed up about Dr. Sebi and a misunderstanding about Dr. Sebi is first and foremost, he's not a doctor. Mm-hmm. He no medical training whatsoever. It's like calling a witch doctor a doctor. And secondly, is that his Supreme Court case that every believer in Dr. Sebi always spouts about, he, you know, how did he win his Supreme Court case if he didn't, if he couldn't cure these things, was the fact that it was the Supreme Court of Brooklyn, which is not the highest court in the land and not even the highest court in New York City, which a lot of his firm believers, many of people who I know love him dearly, don't seem to understand that. Yeah, a lot of people like, oh, he went to the Supreme Court, but it's, it's a it's a difference, like you said, in the uh, I guess the hierarchy of the court system in, in each and every state. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's the highest court in the state, which is not the Supreme Court of Brooklyn, and then there's the highest court of the land, which is the Supreme Court, as in one of the three branches of government. He didn't go to either of those where his court uh, where his case was quote unquote won. Right, and and. He, I guess to hear, oh, a black man found a cure, I think, I think it sounds good. Oh, and, it most certainly sounds Yeah, it sounds good. And, but it just, it, he, there's no proof of it. Not, not to say that he might not, maybe not to say he could have been on the verge of it, or maybe he did find something that could lead to possibly, you know, deterring an ailment, but it's, it's like, it don't add up. Like his, his doctor Sebi died. Like what? Like go? Can you go over what that what that consists of? Uh, which man? The doctor, his doctor Sebi, his diet that he said that you should follow to. Oh yeah, he had an idea that um, you know, if you only eat raw foods and you know right. natural right. foods, that it could kickstart your body's immune system or something along those lines. He had an alkaline diet. It would kickstart your body into curing diseases, regardless of what that disease was, whether it was bacteria, whether it was a virus, whether it was genetic. Your body could cure it all because of the specific foods that you had to eat. Now, if that sounds far-fetched to you, it's probably because it was. And again, no verifiable proof that he ever cured anything. And I've scoured the Internet in any article that I could find to try to at least find one example where he cured something. Because the people that were in his second case, 
that they interviewed over 70 witnesses, they they were never they weren't cared of anything. They said they felt better. Yeah. So what what Dr. Sebi did, smart man. He gave them all questionnaires about how they felt initially and questionnaires about how they felt afterwards to as to keep track. And he brought these questionnaires in and he sent over 70 people in and they all said they felt better. Feeling better is not curing anything. I mean, I could walk around with 100 extra pounds on myself and have diabetes. I could lose that 100 pounds and feel better because I lost 100 pounds. It doesn't mean that I got rid of diabetes. And to put it in perspective, again, I've gone, I have uh, renal kidney failure. So I feel better now that I'm on dialysis, but that doesn't mean my kidney disease is cured. My, my condition is, is irreversible with a diet well not according to dr sebi well i'm well i'm letting you know it's not revert irrevert it's not reversible if i change my diet like they tell me to stay away from certain foods that are high in potassium like uh oranges mangoes bananas um stay away from potatoes dairy products like milk cream uh, milk cheese and uh ice cream and things like that because too much potassium can cause an irregular heart rhythm which can cause a a heart attack. So I I I still had those foods every now and then, but not too much of it because it can make me sick. So I feel better, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm cured of of my kidney disease. So just like I say, just put it again in perspective. You, if you feel better, it doesn't necessarily mean you're cured. So, which was a lot of where the controversy around him centralized. It is centralized is because of the fact that. After his case was thrown out, because again, he had, at no point in time did he ever say that he cured anybody. I mean, they had you know uh, undercover agents going to one of his uh, seminars and into his program, and no, and trying to get him to say that he could cure their diseases, but he never said he can cure it. And the seventy witnesses always said that they feel better. But as soon as that case was dismissed, Doctor Sebi himself went around running and says, "I won my Supreme Court case." That proves that I can cure diseases. But when in the case does not give medical efficacy, it does not prove that medicine, that your medicine that you're pushing can cure anything. It just proves that whatever charge they were brought you to court over, you were not found guilty of. Right. So he just got lucky. To some degree, yes. Because again, they brought him to trial because of the fact that he was pushing this, I can cure things. But he never said that he could cure things. He was making people feel better, which is admirable in and of itself. But after he after that case, you know, he won that case. He ran with that, which in dangerous, dangerous things that people, you know, saying, you know what, I'm going to give up this medication that I'm supposed to be taking for this ailment and this disease and follow the Dr. Sebi plan. And that's going to do it. Because, again, I know people who believe wholeheartedly in what this man preaches. I mean, I know a woman, she will shit on your life if you believe in God, but she believed that Dr. Sebi could cure every disease known to man. So do you think that he might have been on a breakthrough? Or could, like, could he, I guess if he was, whatever his, I guess, I want to say teachings, but, no, uh, he was teaching. Okay, well, I guess, do you think his teachings could eventually lead to a cure? Me, honestly, I think he was a con artist. 
because during the big AIDS epidemic, a lot of people came. Snake oil salesmen came up and were saying that they got the cure. Explain what a snake oil salesman is. That, snake oil salesman is, is that whatever they're selling, they say it cures any number of diseases. The, the number of diseases is extremely vague, and it says, and, and it's snake oil. It's it it only works off of the placebo effect, which is the idea that if you believe that it's curing you, it it's working, but it doesn't actually do anything. And he was just another con man coming up in the eighties because AIDS was the biggest thing. It was. It was new. It was a vast discovery. It was killing a lot of people. So he's selling snake oil. And the idea that his regiment could cure AIDS, it could cure liver diseases, it can cure diabetes. It's just one thing just cures everything. We, you've so never he, seen that in life. So he had one formula that could, oh, as I was saying, a formula, but a, a regiment that can, that cure, that can cure everything. And that's, that's, not, that's been unheard of before. It, exactly. But that's what he was selling, and people, when you're, when you're depressed, when you at the end of your rope, you'll want to believe anything, especially something that seems easy, even if it's too good to be true. That's very true. Like we was talking about Steve Jobs, and he he, I, he died, he passed away from cancer. Right. I mean, and he was in that idea of the holistic medicines. Instead of going through a doctor, going to chemotherapy, he's like, you know what, I'm going to try this, this holistic approach. And he died from what else? And he didn't have to. Yeah, I, I, I recently saw someone on TV say that they they were asking them if they tried, um, when they started when they started chemo, chemo for their cancer treatment. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I tried the holistic diet, and, you know, that seems to be working, and... I prayed, and you know, God told me to uh, start chemo. And that, that's what led, that's what led him to, to well, start I, chemo. You know what? Him. I'm glad his God is a rational God, because <laughs> a lot of other people's gods will say, you know what? Keep doing this holistic approach and don't take the doctor's recommendation. Yeah, I've, I've never told. I've never been as long as I've been sick. Well, I'll say I had my my kidney disease. Um, they've never told me to changed my diet. They like I said, they told me to stay away from certain foods now since I'm on dialysis. Right, which is a change in your diet. Right. But they not that, that not that drastic. Right. But at the same time they never pissed to me, well if you change your diet you can be cured of this. So I I never been told that. Um but I think a lot like I said, a lot of people believe that oh you if you have an alkaline diet or if you follow his diet, like your life will change. And I mean I think there's been proven studies that if you take away um you know, you change your diet, take away certain foods, like, you know, eating fried foods or fast foods, you'll probably feel a lot different. Um, you know, not drinking, drink more water versus soda. You you probably won't feel as sluggish. You probably, you know, you probably have more energy. Um, but to say, oh, well, you know, eat mangoes every day for the rest of your life and nothing else, you won't have any disease. That's not, that's not going to cure anything. At least not from a scientific standpoint that has ever shown that it can be proven. Right. And then there's a, there's a big conspiracy a conspiracy around him that he he was killed because of um, because of his, you know, him being able to cure these diseases. Now, one thing we point we, we thought was interesting was that um, how old was he when he passed away? Uh, he was 80 and 82 or something along those lines. He was in his 80s. Yes, yeah, so he, he was well up there. And I just want to put it in perspective like this. How old was Malcolm when they killed him? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can just look it right up because uh, Malcolm was fairly young when he died. He wasn't uh, even forty. Uh, let's get the exact okay. age of his death. So probably, you know, should have researched this a little. You know, well, we, we got time to kill. They ain't doing nothing. No, he was a Malcolm X was forty when he died. Okay, so Malcolm was forty when he died, and Malcolm was was was, was revolution. Revolutionized the people. Martin Luther was old when he when he got killed. I said uh, Martin Luther King was forty one when he died. I mean, well, sorry, uh, you know, thirty nine. Thirty nine. Martin was thirty nine. Yes, thirty nine. Martin Luther was was thirty nine when he was assassinated, and you know he was right there, you know, in the. Was it the, with the beginning or like the in the midst in the yeah, middle in, of the civil in a, rights? In the midst of civil rights. Yeah, so in the midst of civil rights, he's trying to get minorities, black people, you know, civil rights. Killed a revolutionary. Him, revolutionary. Killed him at thirty nine. Um, who I say, Fred, Fred Hampton, the uh, Black Panther. Right. Yeah. Black Panther leader. He was well, what was it? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, in in his twenties. In his twenties, was killed by the FBI. So they were trying to get us, you know. Unity and uh, civil rights, and uh, you know, us to see a different way for us. They got killed fairly young, and you and you gonna let this old man, you gonna let man, you gonna let him get to the eight, the, the ripe old age of eighty. Where you know, with if if he was the man that he claimed he could, he could have cured every disease by that time before he died. So he, he was how old was he in the eighties? So but like, like let's say like well, maybe fifty. No, no, no. I mean, it would. You said it. It, it would have. He would have been. Yeah, close to closer in his fifties. So if he in the if he in the eighties, they gave him a, a a good amount of time to change the world before they assassinated him. Right. So you you Fred Hampton, Malcolm X, Martin Luther, killed Freddie Young, but you let this man live for thirty more years. It doesn't seem that doesn't add up that you killed these prominent figures. But you let this man live, and then you kill him in the, at, at, at eighty-two in a jail in what? Who's in Honduras? Yeah, I believe it. He might be. He was in jail in Honduras, and he died of pneumonia. Pneumonia. Yeah. So, and he he was, he was sick, but I I don't believe that he was he was killed. And he if if he was on to something, if he was on something back in the eighties, then I could see something happening that soon after the after the court case. Right. Then scream conspiracy. Right. But it's like, eh, you let this man live and then you kill him off at eighty is like Yeah, after he has lived a long, fruitful life, gaining tons of money from desperate people. So I, I don't know if that conspiracy really holds up. Right. And he was also in jail for uh, money laundering. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, walking around uh, with tons and tons of cash that yeah. typically you don't do unless you're doing something nefarious. Granted, not saying that he was. He was an old man. But, you know, old people tend to hide money under the mattress. But, yeah, it's just a lot a lot of shadiness going on. Yeah, and so what I, would, what I would say is, you know, before you, you know, I guess follow the belief of something, definitely do your research. If you see red flags, research those red flags and see what comes up on it. Like, there's a ton of information on the internet to just kind of believe something so blindly. Yeah, I mean, even if you do believe in a Dr. Sebi way of life, 
if you even go to his his uh his website you know where they're showing his product and his way of living they will tell you don't use this as a substitute for what your doctor tells you use this in conjunction because somebody in legal will cover in their ass so that should tell you a lot yeah because i'm interested to see where um this documentary they had coming out uh being produced by Nick Cannon about Dr. Sebi. Like, I've seen that he's uh, talked to one of his sons. He's talked to um, his first wife. And I know uh, Nipsey Hussle was talking about, he's, you know, was going to, is going to produce a, uh, a documentary about, you know, why, how and why he bet he beat his uh, court case. So I don't know how far he was into it. When he talked about it, it was in uh, 2018 when his uh, debut album came out around February. So I don't know how far he gotten from the time he mentioned it on on a, on an interview until um, his untimely death. But I'll be, I'm definitely interested to see what they come up with because I seen an article on BET they were talking about Dr. Sebi and they did not say he won anything. But a lot of people were saying that he he won something because Dr. Sebi right he said himself he, so yeah I mean on any time somebody put a camera in his face he would always talk about how he beat the Supreme Court. Yeah, and he which um, frames it really because again we've already discussed that. Yeah, I seen also a clip of him uh, saying that you know he went to Oprah, he went to Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, and several other you know popular black figures in our community. You know, saying you know, hey, I, I had the cure. You know, we should you know promote this. You know, you should be behind it, and they all turned him down. And then he would like say, "Oh, you're not you're not for the black people. You're not for you're not for black people. You're against our community. You're not trying to help them." I mean, I even find it surprising that Oprah turned him down because she promotes Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz, and they got some. Uh, yeah, um, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dr. Phil's all right though. I mean, I I I, I I'm not, not going to vouch for him and say they, you know, they, they you know everything they say is golden. Hey, I mean, any man with an honorary doctorate, call him doctor. Yeah, whatever, you know, Dr. Cosby. Whatever, you know, topics for another day. <laughs> not, not, not Bill. <laughs> not, not, not Topics Cliff. for another day. Not Cliff. <laughs> topics for another day. And so, and, and also on, you know, in the idea of believing in these crazy things and without doing any real research is people vaccinate your kids. There has been a huge uh, surge in an anti-vaccination movement. Vaccinate your goddamn kids. <laughs> <laughs> so what started that? Because I, I saw like um, where it's, I think it was in 2000. In 2000, it's like the measles wiped out. Yeah, we were, we were extremely close to eradicating measles in America. Extremely close. And then in 2005, there's a little resurgence. And now we've had. And then uh, it's like doubled yeah a, a huge measles outbreak because somebody wanted to link vaccines to autism i don't know who was funding the study but the study has since been shown to be completely flawed and the doctor who originally uh promoted the study and you know published it has lost his medical license mm. because it, for a lot of shady things and but celebrities endorsed it and it's stuck and so now we have people who have benefited from vaccinations now claiming that you know vaccines are causing illnesses in kids i'm sorry but yes there has been a rise in autism there has been a rise in vaccinations but correlation does not mean causation 
we know more about autism because we know more about autism, so it's easier to diagnose. Right. Like, what, 10, 20 years ago, like we were saying, oh, he's, he, he or she's just crazy. Or, you yeah, know, he, they he's got... special. They, you know, put right. him in the special class. But now we know better. We know that there is a legitimate reason for, you know, a child's behavior problems, their mental issues. Right. We are able to diagnose it better. It's not coming from a vaccination. Yeah, I mean, there has been no link between vaccines and autism. Nobody can prove it. I mean, as much as people are screaming that that's what it is, nobody can prove it. Again, I had you know the same friend who believes so heavily in Dr. Sebi said if you know she knew now, back then when she knows about vaccines, she wouldn't have got her kids vaccinated. But if you think that there's some nefarious, crazy things in vaccines, vaccines are patented. You can go and look up the patent and see what the ingredients are. And then research every ingredient so that you can realize that it's not some crazy shit that they're trying to put in your kid's blood to cause them to be retarded. Just going to put that out there. That, that, that would be real fucked up if that was the case. I mean, granted, the, the government has done some shady shit. Yeah, we look do. at Tuskegee. I'm about to say that. <laughs> I'm just about to say that. I mean, so I understand there's a little bit of skepticism with, with these things, but you can do the research. We have the internet now. They didn't have it back then. They couldn't go around and, and research what's going on, but yeah. we can do that now. Yeah, we have that ability. There's no reason to be ill-informed. Like I said, like with Dr. Sebi, it was like, huh, he, he went to the Supreme Court? Like, it, it's like, what, what's like Roe versus Wade? Right. And all, like th- those cases, like that was something that you learned about in school. So why wouldn't this be a case yeah, where... A Supreme Court case, a winning a Supreme Court case changes the law of the land. If he beat a Supreme Court case, it would change the law of the land. So he wouldn't just have to go. He wouldn't be the only one saying he cured a disease. There would be laws on books saying that it was happening. Right, exactly. His name would be in books forever. Yeah, it would have been Sebi versus the Supreme Court, and we would all be eating an alkaline diet because it's proven to cure all diseases. Yeah, I just understand where, like, especially like vaccinations, like, it seems like it does more good than bad. Uh, I think the bad comes from like you not getting your kids vaccinated and they can be uh, subjected to potential diseases that... I, I, I guess part of the problem is, is that we are so far removed from when there were no vaccinations mm-hmm. and to see the detrimental effects of these diseases on kids. So that Because we are so far removed from that, it's so many years and vaccinations have been so widely spread and been so effective that it's easy to dismiss how effective they were because we never got to see the end result of a child getting measles and the child getting mumps those mm. and, you know and rubella because we are what, so far removed from it what the hell is rubella it's a disease that you don't want your kids to have what what, what is it i'm not, i want to look out for it <laughs> you mean you've already had the vaccinations for it that was it's oh, part okay. of M, mmr you know vaccination measles mumps and rubella it's a disease you can look it up on your own time it's fucked up mm. <laughs> So. I never heard that till you said that. <laughs> I heard of measles and mumps. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like some old, you know, back in the day, seventy hundreds kind of a shit. Yeah, thing. like I say, yeah. It, you you should look it up. It's fucked up. Mm. Is anything like the blue waffle? Oh God, no! That's the birthday pot in my head. Oh, something yeah, something fucked up beyond that. Okay, and so and, be, and before we close out, I know you you want to discuss it. We we brought his name up a couple of times, so you know, let's talk about uh, Nipsey Hussle. I mean, it's far you know a, a little more removed from his uh, work with Doctor Sebi, but just him in general. And, yeah, you know the reason that you wanted to you know discuss him. Yes. Again, we talked about it a couple of times throughout this segment. 
So, um, unfortunately, he was uh, shot and killed in in his home in Los not his home, but his uh his area in uh, Los Angeles in the parking lot of a store he owns. He owns several he owns several businesses in this uh this parking shopping center, I should say. And when I I've been a fan of his music since like 2013, and uh, also want to send a, a condolences out to his family and friends. Um, it is is. It's sad because he was doing a lot of positivity in his community, and he was just starting. Um, he had a partnership with Puma, where he uh, they donate ten thousand dollars to a school. They redid the playground. They repainted it. They you know put like new goalposts and the basketball court. Um, and he had like this his, his partnership with Puma. He's gonna have like a, a a clothing a clothing line come out in the fall of two thousand nine. I'm pretty sure it's still coming out. Um, but he was like just starting, like to kind of re- really shed light in his community. Um, like I say, he owned several businesses in the in the shopping center. And what I thought was at first, you know, like Danny they took out a good dude. It was more, so, you know, some hating that nigga took out a good dude. Is more so that he had a altercation with somebody, words were exchanged, called somebody a snitch, and they shot him, shot him several times, and he. Got shot once, and then he left, came back, shot him again, and then repeat this about two or three or four more times. Oh, that's an angry motherfucker right there. Yeah, that, this dude was angry. He also shot two other people that were standing with Nip. So it's, it seems like he's uh, had a lot of anger um, within himself to you know, let, let out that kind of violence. And like I said, at first I thought it was like, damn, they, like, somebody just took him out because they must have been hating on him. But it seems that this is more so like um, – all the case, uh, you know, a mishandling, a mishappening, gone bad. Yeah, I know. Um, when you first presented this topic to me, I never even heard of Nipsey Hussle, never heard of anything about him, never heard his music, didn't know a, a thing about him. So I did a little bit of research, and I, one of the things that I saw, you know, saying he was an activist. So I was like, okay, let me try to see what, you know, things that he was doing to be an activist. And, you know, listening to his music, and then, you know, and then reading about his, you know, his death. And I was like, you know, he was a gang member. And which you know doesn't immediately say that you need to be executed, but you know, and listening to his music, the lifestyle that he promoted was a gang lifestyle, mm-hmm. and and then you know, reading up on the altercation that led to his death was still seemed like it was that same lifestyle, and the way things were handled in that lifestyle. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit because like, what what would make what would make somebody I guess take that that reaction. Or you know, do, you know, call, or that kind of action against somebody that they calling you, you know, they calling you a bitch, or they saying you, oh, you ain't you a bitch ass nigga. Right. You call him a snitch. And, and in and in the gang lifestyle, being a snitch could be a life or death situation. Right. And I think some, I, I think he's all the guy who uh, who shot him. I think is Eric Holder, I believe. Um, I think he was an up and coming, trying to be up and coming rapper. You know, so I think he was trying to get his name out there as well. So. Someone Nipsey stature versus his his stature, and someone calling you a snitch, ain't nobody gonna fuck with you. Yeah, that that could destroy your career. Yeah, nobody's gonna fuck with you, and you know try to bump your music if he feels though, you know you ain't for the people, and you're not for the community, right? Or the lifestyle that we're promoting, right? You know, so it, it just you know learn learn learning more about the situation is like okay, so it wasn't you know just like. It was out, he. What he did was it was hateful, but it doesn't doesn't say out of hate. 
like, oh, he's doing better than me. Or right. he's, you know, he, he's helping his community. He's doing he's doing stuff that I want to do or I haven't got a chance to do it. He's, he's flaunting it in my face and, I, you know, I can't do nothing, nothing that I can do about it. No, that's not, that's how I, that's how I kind of first, you know, took it. But it was just something, it, it happens every day in the hood. Words are exchanged. I don't like what you said. All right, well, I catch you slipping. I'm going to get that ass. Yeah, I mean, access to guns is extremely easy in this country, and it's extremely easy to pull a trigger. Right, it's just unfortunate because, like I said, he was he it, he was just starting to bubble. Like, his popularity was starting to really rise. So he was nominated for a uh, Nammy. Graminated for... Um, nominated for a Grammy? What was I saying? Nominated. Graminated. <laughs> That's a new word. He was nominated for a Grammy. Um, so he dropped, a, he dropped a good project. And he was about, you know, he was he had different business ventures. Like he had a, a, a business called Vector 90. So it was like bringing minorities in that space to kind of collaborate together. And, you know... You know, kind of, you know, just bring different people there to do different things. I thought it was a really cool, uh, uh, something cool to have in this community. Um, you know, like if, if there are other people who have businesses or investors, you know, to kind of bring those, like bring up better 90 day, like every city, like a Baltimore, a Philadelphia, a New Orleans, a Miami, like you bring all, all kinds of people together and then watch what they build. So I think that's what he was trying to do was like bring different cultures in Los Angeles together to, you know, collaborate. Um, I mean, it's, it's again, it's as cold as it might sound. Is you know the life that you promote and the life that you continue to live, it has ramifications. I yeah. mean, I, I listened to his music. I, you know, after you introduced him to him, I mean, I'm not going to say that I was a fan. I, it didn't really capture me, and I tried to do some some research on it. But you know, those things have consequences, regardless of whether or not we want to believe that they do. So the, the lifestyle that you promote and the lifestyle that you live. And, and if you continue to live that lifestyle, if you don't evolve from that, it it'll come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, I I, I, I don't believe he was. I think he he was affiliated, of course, but I don't believe he was. You know, still. You know, doing any kind of gang activity because like the next day he was he was going to meet with uh, the LAPD to work on you know uh, you know gang violence. Yeah, right. So he was trying he was trying to bridge that. Uh, the gap between the gangs and the law enforcement to you know become more cohesive. So he was he was definitely trying to be uh he was a pillar in the community in his community. He he was definitely trying to try to invoke change. Yeah, but then I, I would have to say you know how do you disassociate the image that you put in your music videos to the person that you are trying to be? Because then you know one of the music videos that I watched while you know researching him is you know they're doing like a bank robbery or mm -hmm. armored truck robbery and. He, you know, races, has a police chase that goes into his community, and then the community members stop the police officers and, like, rant, surround them like they're about to jump them. And, you know, stop the police from getting to, to Nipsey. What Who, kind of message are you sending? Right. And, it, and it's, like, it's not like he was doing some, you know, Robin Hood type situation where he was robbing from the rich and giving to the poor his community. He was using the money to get his friend out of jail. Well, that's... That's robbing the rich and giving to the community. You getting the homie out... Getting him back into the community. Oh, oh, is that where we want to go with that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, you but, know, no, and at this point, we only speculate. Yeah, but I mean, I, you I know, don't know what, what the thought process behind that uh, music video. What? No, I'm sorry, music movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is, it's a lame, but I think that was that was the he wanted to he want he want to make a movie. I think from an artistic point of view, you know, you just want to shoot, 
you know, your typical music video, but you want to, you know, make it entertaining. And I think that's what it boils down to, that that was, you know, his, that he was making something entertaining. Oh, I so, I mean, it, it, like, like you said, it was like inspired by heat. It looks like inspired by right, heat. Yeah. So, you know, he took that and then turned it into a music video. I, I thought it was, you know, it, 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 like, it looked like he was having fun. It was fly. You know, riding in a coupe with his girl, on, you know, in L.A. and, you know, rapping. And the cops are chasing them. You know, it's, it's an entertainment. Oh yeah, understandable. So, yeah. Like, you know, but you know, when that entertainment leaks into real life. Yeah, I think yeah. Then then you have a person like uh, his killer who don't he he may not he might separate he can't probably separate it too. He probably thinking that he he bought that life or, when, or still about that life. or still about that life, and he's like you know, trying to move beyond it. Yeah, I'm I move beyond it. So like I said, he was affiliated, but I don't think that he was. Uh, you know, gang banging still. You know, he's, he's. I think he said he said himself like, uh, yeah, he has a past, and he's you know moved past it. But how far move really is he? Right. I mean, especially when you you know, uh, if the if the reasoning for the shooting is true, where you get somebody who is still in that lifestyle, and you call him a snitch. Yeah. I mean, then you can't be that far removed. Because you know, why would you care? That's true too. That's a good point. Because a lot of people were, you know, saying that um, you shouldn't. This, this is why you can't get back to the community. That's why you can't get back to your hood because it's like it's somebody out there that is hating that is, you know, just waiting to, you know, to clip you. And I don't think that's say the the case, but yeah, people are going to hate because they don't like what you're doing. That's that's going to be a given, right? Um, will they tend to take your life? I mean, let's hope that not everybody who hates you tries to take your life. Right, they can just hate from afar. They well, can hate. Quite can, a lot of us would be dead by now. Yeah, they can hate from afar. They can hate, you know, behind their computers, behind their phones. But as long as they don't take it to that next level, then it, you know, it, it's like, it's like it's just words. You know, it's hurtful, but it's just words though, and um, it's like people like kind of like feeling like reluctant to, uh, to you know, to start. You know, giving back to the community, and I hope that nobody does that. I hope they still want to give to the community because you don't want other people coming to the community and taking your people out so they can build a Starbucks or you know something that's not necessarily beneficial to the community. You know, you want to be able to. I think you know you should want to you know build your build your community up. You know, put things in that's going to benefit people by getting them jobs. Um, you know, maybe something healthier like. Uh, you know, instead of putting my downs there, you know, put something that's going to be, you know, f- healthy for everybody to eat. Um, and also when he, they, a lot of people were like, oh, he didn't have uh, security. Uh, you know, his security he had in the shopping center didn't have armed guards. That's because he employed uh, felons. So, of course, felons can't carry yeah. uh, weapons. You know, should he had uh, at least one person Carry I mean, the, even still, I mean, having security, armed security would create, and at least in this situation, it seems like it would just create a big shootout as opposed to them stopping the person from killing Nipsey. Yeah, that could, that, that could, that could have been it because his brother um, had pulled up right after the shooting happened and he said that he wished he was been there because he would have shot back. Right, so, yeah. it would, like you said, it would probably turn into just a big old shootout. So, who knows? Like, it. His life was lost, I, and I think the other two were were wounded, but then there could have been more loss of life. Right. So that's never good in any case. Not, you know, even he lost his life, but it wasn't. It, that's how he should have went out. 
And I mean, I mean, this is, you know, something that's on topic, but off topic, you know, we can discuss at a later date, but cops tend not to be able to distinguish uh, black people when it comes to a good guy with a gun and a bad guy with a gun. So there could have been a whole lot of loss of life on this particular day, but you know, that's a topic for a different, different day. Yeah, that's, that is very true. So yeah, again, you know, condolences to, uh, his family, his friends, um, Definitely life, life, life cut too short. He was, he was 33, and I, I just turned 33. So it's like, it's like, damn, like, you know, life is short. So it's like you, you know, he, he put a lot of positivity out there in the world, and just is like one. I won't say the mistake he made, but like that, it, it, was, it just fucked up how he went. You know, yeah. you just never know what I guess you don't, you don't never know what's in somebody's heart to make. What, what you can say to them, not say to them, can make them react when they see you. Yeah, tis is life. Right, so I think that would probably bring us to the end of this discussion. So, I mean, just to kind of recap, people, research anything that you want to believe in. Do some research and not just things that confirm your bias. Vaccinate your motherfucking kids so that everybody else ain't harmed and be mindful of the image that you portray, the life that you lead, and how it can impact you in any way, shape, or form. No, I, I ain't about that life. I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, sick people either tend to be not about their life or really about their life. Because <laughs> if you ain't got much to lose, go for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't go for it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Stay your ass over there. So, so that's our show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching it. You know, whatever it means that you're doing it. Said so we're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. So soon we'll be on Google Play and iTunes. We're gonna be everywhere. You're gonna see us. You're gonna hear us. And you're gonna get sick of us, but you're gonna love us. Absolutely. All right. So that's it. Peace out, lovely people. <laughs>